Rock 104, The Rock Station. Dan O'Malley in with you on a Tuesday morning. It's 64 degrees in Gainesville, 65 in Ocala. That's generally how I would have opened a break during the Lex and Terry show, which is what I primarily worked. Uh, something like that. What about you, Spano? I would not have come out of a break uh, for Lex and Terry because <laughs> they replaced us on, as the morning show they did. on Rock 104. Uh, very bitter still to this day. Uh, years later. So yeah, I, w- I would not have. I would have walked out of the studio. How about coming out of a song during the <laughs> three hours you were in the studio every night? Give me a song. Metallica. That's Metallica One right here. Rock 104, The Rock Station. Uh, how's that? That's good. I, okay. wonder what, I wonder what Harry would have said about that. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, either way, before we get- It's not Rock get- 104, it's Rock 104. <laughs> That's what he would have said. Before we get too far into why we think we're qualified to start a podcast on anything, uh, let's lay the foundation for what this one will be. Sure. Uh, maybe maybe you've heard of the David Spade, Dana Carvey podcast, Fly on the Wall. I have. They catch up with former SNL cast members, writers, hosts, musical guests, et cetera, and they talk to them about their stories from Saturday Night Live. In a way, WRUF was a version of SNL for many of us. It was like a really amazing opportunity, and it served as a springboard to many of our careers, even if radio wasn't part of it. And we Um, had our cast of characters as well. Oh, yeah, definitely. (laughs) Uh, We had a chance to meet and interview bands and athletes and local officials and comedians and coaches, and we learned to communicate with an audience and how to write stories, how to edit, how to market and promote a radio station. There was lots of learning, and I would say that whether we were on the FM or the AM side, we had our own versions of Lauren Michaels. So our plan on this podcast is to talk to WRUF alumni, whether we overlapped at the station with them or not, and hear their stories. The goal isn't to create some internationally recognized podcast with ads and income, and and it makes the top 10 list of 2023. We just want uh, to talk to this really fun group of alumni that we have and hear their stories of their time at WRUF and get caught up with them. So with that out of the way, Spano, I want to ask you something we would likely ask all of our guests. What was your role at WRUF? Uh, I played a few roles. I, I hosted the All Request Free For All. That's, that's where I started after you know the week. You move your way up, right? You go overnights to weekends to maybe getting a show. So I did the All Request Free, free For All for a while. And then uh, I got promoted to the morning show, actually, and it was Todd and Spano in the morning. So that, that's what I remember as my main role. What years were you there? I believe I was there uh, late 97 to 2000. I don't really need to ask you about your name on air because you used your real name, but was there a story about how you decided on just using Spano? I couldn't decide on anything else. I was trying to think, you know, back then in the late 90s, it was fun to have a a funny name on the air and I couldn't really decide on anything. And Harry just looked at me and just said, how about Spano? I mean, that's what everybody called me anyway. I said, okay. And that's it. Your name had an impact on what my name was because when I started, I went in and he said, have you given any thought to what your name would be? And I said, yeah, I think just Dano. And he shook his head. Harry did. And he said, we've already got a Spano, so we can't have Dano and Spano. And I said, okay. And I had a t-shirt 
that said O'Malley's, a bar that, uh, from Georgia. And I said, how about Dan O'Malley? And he goes, yeah, sure, done. No, that's great. I was going to ask you where you got that name. I never knew that. Yeah. So I, uh, I worked, um, I started in overnights also. And then when Lex and Terry came in, I became the local producer for the Lex and Terry show. And I worked 6am to 9am for like a year and a half, almost two years, I guess, doing their morning drops, morning promotion, the breaks during Lex and Terry show. It was, it was pretty simple, but no, they ever put you on air. Sometimes they would put their producers on air in their different syndicated markets. That's a good question. I don't think I ever spoke with them. I spoke to their producer in Jacksonville a few times, but I don't think I was ever on air. Where are you now? What is What, what are you doing now? Uh, I am in Georgia. Uh, I had to move to Georgia uh, about three years ago because I had to work out of Atlanta, Atlanta for my main job. I kept, all, after all these years, I kept radio as a hobby. Even after I graduated, I got a main career. And I've been with this company, it'll be 22 years in February, but I always did radio on the side. You know, when I lived in South Florida, I worked for 94.9 Zeta in Miami, Fort Lauderdale market, and I did weekends. I was a swing jock, hosted the local show. I was the uh, advocate for uh, local bands in South Florida for, I don't know, 15 years between Zeta Goes Local. And then after, after Zeta flipped, I moved on to The Buzz in West Palm Beach. And then I hosted Buzz Jr. there. Man, I went to 93 Rock. When that started in Hollywood, Florida, I did a show on uh, a station in in Boca, which is probably actually my favorite time in radio. Uh, I did my own show and got fully sponsored by the Hard Rock Hollywood. Uh, nice. It, it was it was a fun time. We had a really good time doing it. This so was right a now, lot of – this was uh... – talking to bands, local bands, national bands. What were you doing? I was doing both. Um, okay. I was mixing in local stuff. I couldn't play um, national sign bands okay. music. So I would play the local bands, talk to them, still promote them. I would prom- I would still promote the local bands and I would have them on. I'd have them in studio, play live. We would do crazy stunts, uh, just did some really wild, fun stuff, but still promoting the local scene. When was the uh, last time you were in Gainesville? Actually, uh, me and my family and my two kids, we moved back to Gainesville, I believe, in 2000, I want to say 13, and we lived there for three years. Uh, what did you do in Gainesville? You were working as your regular professional career, not nothing radio-related then, right? That's correct. Yeah, I, I moved there. Um, my in-laws lived there. We had two babies at the time, and my wife was falling ill. So we moved there for, for a little bit of help and, you know, I love Gainesville. So, uh, we, you know, we moved back there and I, I worked at my main job. I did do a rock show for Fred's WGOT Gainesville community radio. Yeah. I did a show called rad radio and it was rock ain't dead rad. Right. <laughs> and I had a great time doing that too. I putting that together and I would send him the audio files and I think I was on drive time at that time. Was it weird? Being back in Gainesville, did it feel different? I mean, it must it, have. It Well, it didn't because, number one, it's so built up compared to when we were there, corporate-wise and, and businesses and, and stuff like that. And second part is, I lived and we lived on the total opposite side of Gainesville than the mm. students. So it really didn't even really feel the same, to be honest, except I, would, I worked at the subway uh, in Hunter's Crossing in Gainesville. 
and I would go to that plaza a lot. And did they still have your uh, em- employee of the month picture up on the wall? <laughs> yeah, with the marker <laughs> written, the mustache written on it and everything. <laughs> what was something uh, something you did at WRUF that you thought then or still think was just so awesome? Um, well, besides getting the job there, uh, (laughs) I remember sitting in front of Harry reading the liner card in my interview and I stopped right in the middle of it and said, man, how bad do I suck? (laughs) You know, just be honest. And he laughed and, uh, he's like, look, I'll give you one overnight shift a week. And I just ended up, I ended up working three or four overnights a week because, you know, the other shifts were students that would just goof off and miss their shifts anyway. But the thing I'm most proud of is when he hired me, he said, look, you know, you can move up, you can do different shifts on the weekends, and, and but you don't even think about the morning show. Morning show was off limits. So what I did as soon as I was in the building, uh, the morning show had a an office at the end of the hall. Mm-hmm. And every day I would walk by there and stick my head in and say, hey, you know, how you guys doing? You know, do you need anything? Anything I could do for you? And eventually they said, yeah, well, actually, you know, we're going to be doing this event. Gallagher's coming to town. We want to smash a bunch of stuff on the corner of whatever, the big corner. I forget what it was, 43rd and 34th maybe. And I was like, sure. I went out there with a huge sledgehammer, and I was slamming uh, TVs and microwaves, whatever the listeners brought. Uh-huh. And then I became their stuntman. And then one of the members left the show, and I got the show. So – I was pretty proud of just the persistence and and being able to achieve that there. How did it get to be that you went in and even talked to Harry? Do you remember why you walked into the radio station? Yeah, I I had changed my major about six times. I had no idea what I wanted to do. And somebody came in after one of my classes at UF and gave an announcement that, you know, the the FM rock station is, is hiring DJs if you're interested go up there, you know, he told us where to go and what time. And I went, I mean, I loved, I loved rock. I was huge into, you know, rock bands at the time and going to shows. I mean, it was my thing. So I felt like I was qualified. So that's why I was like, sure, let's give that a shot. You know, I don't know what else to do. So <laughs> what about uh, AM 850? You were primarily with Rock 104, but tell me about your involvement with AM 850. The only thing I ever did with AM850 was with you. 8.50 in the morning? Yeah. When that summer, I guess their show went on vacation or something, and they asked us to host a, a morning show for the summer. And that was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was. It we was, had a good time, uh, and we did good things. Yeah. It was Jeff Worthington, and I think he had a class that conflicted with 8.50 in the morning, his show. And they asked us if we would take over for him for the summer. And we did. And it was a lot of fun. What about Tradio? <laughs> um, I believe did you ever uh, do, did you ever do an episode of Tradio? I never did an in-studio episode of Tradio. I did because I think Alex was hosting one week and I said, look, Alex, let's do this. I said, they have the craziest things at, at garage sales. Let me drive around with the phone and see just some of the craziest stuff I can find that people are selling. I had to talk him into it because, you know, I don't oh, know how much you had trust to talk him into that. That's a great yeah. idea. <laughs> well, he did. He did when we did it and I would, you know, go from garage sale to garage sale and I would call into the studio and be like, Oh, I found look this and this and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, 
the last one was, oh, I found this cassette tape of Eddie James, Alex, because his air name was Alex James. Uh-huh. I'm like, is this your grandmother, Eddie James? I'm buying this. I'm bringing it back to the studio. We're going to play it. And it wasn't even like an official tape this person was selling. It was like a copy with like the handwritten, uh, like they taped it off the radio like they used to do. Yeah. And yet at the end of the show, I got back like literally with like a minute left in the show and we pop it in the tape deck and we start playing it and everybody's cracking up. And at the time, I didn't know who Edit James was. I thought it was just really funny that it was, you know, Alex James, Edit James. Yeah. Uh, I've learned since then. Uh, very accomplished singer. I get it. Right. But back then it was pretty funny to a couple of clowns in college. I hosted Tradio, I think for a year with Kurt Krinsky. And I don't remember that ever coming up. Anybody even making that suggestion that we should have somebody driving around, but it's such a good idea. I know I would have done it. I would have <laughs> loved to have done that. That would have been hilarious. And I'm surprised that it only happened once. Yeah. I don't know how much, you know, the station ran a type sh- tight ship. So I don't know how much they really trusted me. So we did it the one time and then that was it. Yeah. I think we were given, you and I were given a lot of leeway when we did 8.50 in the morning. There was, I mean, it was summertime in Gainesville, but there was no interference. We were able to goof off and have a good time. And I think it was really entertaining. It was. was I mean, we we kept it relevant. We kept it current with what was going on in the news. You know, it wasn't like we were two rock guys going on the AM station. No. Uh, doing a rock morning show. We, I think we did a, a fairly decent job yeah. keeping the format. It was, it was fun. I When I was on Rock 104, I used my fake name, Dan O'Malley. Whenever I went over to AM850 for anything, I was Dan Dove. <laughs> I don't really? Know Do you think why anybody I knew? Made that, I don't know why I, I made that <laughs> distinction. No one told me to. I just felt like this is a more professional side. I'm not going to use my fake name. <laughs> Do you think the listeners knew? I don't, I don't think they knew. I don't think they cared. <laughs> I do know that some of my classmates in the J school thought my real name was Dan O'Malley and my fake name was Dan Dove. <laughs> you go out with your glasses on and that's Dan Dove. You take them off. <laughs> yeah. That's Dan O'Malley. <laughs> uh, do you still have anything from the station? All I really have are tapes. tapes. Um, the shirts. Ta- your tapes. Air checks? Yeah, air checks. Yeah. Uh, morning show tapes. I have some dats. I think I, I stole a reel to reel. No wonder they went out of business. <laughs> yeah. Lost that reel to reel. I still have a uh, like a gas station shirt that has a patch, Rock 104 patch on it and my name on it. I I do have the gas station shirt. Okay. I do have the shirts. This is what the show is going to be. We want to talk to you. Um, we'll we'll reach out. And we're we're going to set up some interviews with our former colleagues. And like I said, we didn't have to overlap. We didn't have to work there at the same time. I would love to hear some of what happened at Rock 104 and the fun experiences during the 80s and even after we left. And I would really love to hear the stories about the end of Rock 104 because it's not it's not there anymore in the way that we knew it. I think there might be a rock104.com. But there's some people who were there at the end who have a much more intimate knowledge of what happened and how it went down than we do. So... We'd like to talk to those people. That's what this is going to be. And I hope that people will find it interesting. It's not going to be a big mass audience podcast, but hopefully for the people who are interested in this kind of thing, we'll deliver something um, humorous and insightful and take a quick trip down memory lane each week or whenever 
we're able to post these. What do you think? Sounds fun. Sounds awesome. We're going to keep communicating through social media too, right? For sure. We've got an Instagram account that's called Don't Tap the Glass Podcast. That's the name Uh, of the show, right? That's the name of the show. Don't Tap the Glass. Somebody else already had Don't Tap the Glass on Instagram. They'd never posted. I reached out to them and said, can we have this? And they didn't even respond. I don't think they <laughs> I don't think they even look. Here comes the uh, cease and desist letter. Yeah. Did they hear this? <laughs> yeah, right. Fire started. Uh, and we'll we'll uh we'll post in the Rock 104 alumni page that you started like six or seven years ago. So we'll be reaching out to people. Yeah, I started that, that when they flipped, right? I I'm think not that's 100% when I started. Sure. But it's got almost 150 people on yeah. there. Yeah. So I've already reached out to a lot of people on Instagram. And if you're listening to this. And I haven't found you on Instagram yet. Feel free to give us a follow. Don't tap the glass podcast. Hey, before uh, we go, sure. Uh, the post your your original post on Instagram about the with the show's logo and everything, and you put music to it. I don't remember what song you put exactly. Twilight I think it was Zone. Twilight Twi- Zone. <laughs> Golden Earring. Great. Love it. King King Biscuit Flower Hour. But uh, <laughs> I was surprised that you did not select Three Doors Down Kryptonite. The song that. Well, was that the song you said was going to, it was, it was the song you said was going to be the greatest, it was the greatest song ever recorded. Yeah. I missed it. I missed out on an opportunity to, to dig you. Yeah. Not too late. I can use it in a future post. Well, thanks, man. Oh, I appreciate this. Absolutely, man. Looking forward to it. Yeah. You and I will be uh, hopefully reaching out to people soon and setting up interviews and give us a follow on any podcasting platform that you follow and we'll, uh, We'll be speaking with you soon.